Tire Power, best buys on big brand sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 29 minutes to 7. Good morning to you on this Tuesday. 21 degrees today. If you are the caller or text of the week, you will win that Cricket Stump Esky filled with nippies, ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. The number here in Studio Lumo, 1300 736 736. What type of guy Sam Edmund is, the Chief Sports Reporter for SEN. I mean, this is award-winning radio right now. Mm. So good morning to you, Sam. Are you a bath or shower guy? And then we'll talk about football. Oh, Walshy, Bix, all sorts of visuals getting uh, painted here. I'm actually just uh, disappointed that uh, the Bix is a lid on, man. I mean, this might be the pre-season, but this is the season to be getting carried away. I mean, I thought, I thought you had one hand on the cup over in that part of the country at the moment. No, no. Well, um, they have been really impressive, Sam. I don't think anyone's yeah. denying that. But I need to see a little bit more than a really impressive game against, you know, a team that was non-competitive last year and, and – frankly, were, were quite unimpressive again, the West Coast, on uh, last Friday night. So they'll come up against the Giants away. And the Giants, uh, under Adam Kingsley, who had a really good performance against the Suns on the weekend, I think that'll be a stern test. And, and if they are able to get past them and, and continue that really good form, then I think then we can start to get a little bit more excited. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I love the way they're playing, though. I mean, yeah. they're hard, aren't they? They're mm. honest. They Fitch. have a real good crack. So there's a lot, and that's what you want to see as a supporter, I would imagine. If you're an Adelaide member listening this morning and you've been and you've watched their, their two pre-season games, then you're, you're loving the way they're hard at it at the coalface. So that's a big tip. Mm, yeah, no doubt about that. Let's talk about, um, we're just discussing Trent Cotchin and, and his good fortune at the mm. tribunal. Jordan DeGoey was another one who uh, got a reprimand as well. So how did you see it and what's the reaction been like in Melbourne? Look, um, divided, as it always is when it comes to this player and this club. I mean, he might just be the luckiest man in football when it comes to the MRO and the tribunal. So now nearly $12,000 in fines. Hard to believe he's only been suspended once across mm. his entire career. Now, that was way back. That was 12 years ago, back in 2010. Now, he famously plays on the edge, we know that. A number of high-profile incidents. I mean, there was that most infamous one of all, the GWS prelim bump on, on Dylan Shield. He played in the grand final, of course. There's been all sorts of close calls over the year. But the the, the big point for mine was he was cited for misconduct rather than rough conduct. Now, he threw his elbow down onto the throat of James Harms in this instance out at uh, Casey Fields in that heavy loss uh, to Melbourne um, at the weekend. So that probably saved him at the end because that comes with a, a set amount, a set fine, if you like, basically, the, for, for, for um, instances that are classified as misconduct. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have had a problem if it was rough conduct or even striking and, and it was then therefore below the force required. But the misconduct table is so broad um, mm. and, and basically only exposes players to, to financial sanctions. That, that was the saving grace for him uh, in the end. Mm, yep, there you go. Once again, it's a um, it's it's an orchestrated outcome almost in, in some respects in terms of the way that you decide yeah. to grade it. It gives you more flexibility about how it is then um, looked after. But anyway... Uh, the other result, I think, raises a couple of eyebrows and it maybe confirms what a lot of people are thinking. Brisbane's result over Geelong, seven goal winners, keeping Geelong to six goals. I know Geelong probably aren't firing off all cylinders just yet. They have a you know a bit more relaxed build-up to the start of the year than many other clubs, but just shot, fires a shot across the bow to all the clubs in the competition, doesn't it? Most people think Brisbane's list is very, very good and it's improved on last year, but then they go and smack the Premier's which uh, yeah, no confirms doubt. that. 
Yeah, and it is hard, isn't it, Bix, to, to know what to trust at this time of the year, not only across whole games, but even in parts of games. I mean, for me, this game said probably perhaps more about Brisbane than it did about Geelong. I mean, in terms of the stage of the season, the, the number of players that Geelong didn't have available, et cetera, et cetera. Brisbane, we know, are trying to get over the hump. Now, they had a massive off-season with some key signings in the trade period via free agency, via the draft as well. They look to have filled some significant gaps there. I think they are one of the buzz teams mm. of the preseason. I know we were joking about the Crows earlier, and there's certainly a heck of a lot to like about Melbourne, notwithstanding the fact they were 10 and zip last year, Melbourne, and couldn't get it done. But they just look renewed, and, and I know their players are, are extremely bullish on where they sit and, and how they're placed over the summer down at the Demons. But I thought this one said more about Brisbane. It's going to be so tight at the top this year, isn't it? There might be the biggest gap we've seen between the haves and the has-nots this year, between the top eight who look like they've all improved personnel-wise mm. over the break and then the rest of the competition. But um, no, Brisbane are going to be an absolute force to be reckoned with this year, I would have thought, particularly up, uh, up at the Gabba. I want to talk about St Kilda and Essendon. There's a huge talking point out of that game, and it is that St Kilda should never wear red shorts ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Disastrous look. Couldn't agree with you more. Could not oh, wow. agree with you more. Wasn't that a, wasn't that a strange game, though, um, and you're walking away from that one as an Essendon supporter, and there wouldn't be a single Essendon supporter happy with with what they've seen, uh, particularly mm. in that game, but over the over the bulk of the preseason as well. They've been conditioned, haven't they? All the talk out of the club is it's going to take time, it's going to take time. Um, so straight away, that's a glass half empty approach coming into the season, and then you see that against the Saints, who um, really up until then have been completely underwhelming as well. So um, they are going to have some uh, challenging times, both of those clubs throughout the uh, throughout 2023. I would have thought. Sam, the Liam Jones story is an incredible one. 3,170 days between his last game as a Bulldog and the practice match on the weekend. And it doesn't look like he's, he's really missed a beat and he's going to be really handy for them if they wanted to continue their move up the ladder in 23. No doubt. They had their season launched last night, uh, the Dogs, and he was one of the most popular players in attendance. Back, of course, to where it all began. So he has 19 touches at the weekend. He has 11 marks, but nine of those marks we're intercept marks and 13 intercepts altogether. So he turned 32 in February, guys. He has signed a three-year deal at the Dogs. So he's a big show of mm. faith from the Western Bulldogs. But we know, I guess, the lengths they've gone to in recent times to shore up that defence. Could this guy be um, the missing piece? And what a story he will be if he is. I mean, joined as an unrestricted free agent. We know the story. A year out of the game, he retired from Carlton. Carlton didn't want to lose him. They got compensated for that. But as we know, the world changed. Um, unbelievably at that particular point in time. So Liam Jones, 32 years of age, goes back and um, is absolutely braining them early on down there at the Dogs. But just listening to Luke Beveridge, how happy would he be that his key defender has actually had to take, you know, nine intercept marks? I mean, mm. they, they're working so hard on improving their defensive transition. It was a glaring flaw last year in their game, particularly turnovers in their sort of front third, just pinging back the other way and getting scored upon. So I don't think they'd be thrilled that Liam Jones has had to do that amount of work. But individually speaking, he's, he's flying and, and every bit as good as they hoped he would be. Well, they kicked 143 points, 22 goals. Talk to us about um, North Melbourne under Alistair Clarkson. Visually, have they, have they looked like they've improved at all? I know it's tough because they got absolutely spanked, but do they look better than what they did at times last year? It's really hard, isn't it, to, to, to make a conclusive um, judgment from a couple of practice games when it comes to North Melbourne. Or obviously, as you say, coming from so, so far back. I mean, you'd like to think they're going to be more competitive 
week in, week out. Perhaps a greater consistency of effort under Alistair Clarkson. They've got some, obviously, some really exciting youth in that club. Harry Sheasel is going to be some sort of a player. So I think if you're a North Melbourne supporter and you're getting along at games, you're just looking for little wins, aren't you? Mm. Um, little moments from particular players that, um, that have joined. I think Griffin Logue's going to be a magnificent signing down back for them, and he's going to have to be because he's going to see a lot of ball. Um, <laughs> ben, ben Mackay, though, I mean, they really need to hang on to Ben mm. Mackay. He's going to be... For all the talk around, you know, um, Cozzy Pickett and other players who are out of contract this year, I think Ben Mackay is going to be a real watch at, uh, at North Melbourne. Can he and will he see enough to commit again to North Melbourne and life at Arden Street? Now, we're over here in Adelaide and there's a bit of uh, heat ramping up on Port Adelaide because the, the promised sort of form and, and resurgence from last year hasn't really been seen in the preseason. What about Carlton? I had high hopes for Carlton. I'm sure every Carlton fan had high hopes as well. They look like they've got the list. Yeah, they were disappointing on the weekend. Sydney really touched them up. Yeah, and actually the most, con- if there is a concern for Carlton, they touch them up with their strength and that is contested ball and, and clearance working close. Now that's Carlton's absolute one would and has been under Michael Voss. Look, personnel-wise, they were missing a few at the weekend. Sydney were unbelievable, obviously. I think Carlton would love a clean run with injury for a change as well. They've got a number of issues they need to sort out there as well. But, uh, no, this is a crossroads season, absolutely, for the Blues. And the challenge for them is that it's going to be a narrative that's going to be raging each week, dependent on the result. You know, if they lose, oh, this is the year they've got to make finals, they're going to make it. If they win, well, it'll all be about the same as well. So... Staying in the here and now for them is going to be a real challenge. Not getting uh, not getting thrust forward into the into I guess the vortex of conversation around them because they're a big club. I reckon they they in many ways they they pay for a big club tax. You know, outspoken members, big membership base, outspoken former players who who um who were contacted by the media to comment on a weekly basis. So they are going to be a, a really fascinating watch and high stakes right off the bat because they've got Richmond on the 16th. Thursday week. Now, Richmond are, are look reborn, said to have improved. We know they're off-season signing, so they'll want to get back up there as well. I think the fallout from this game, the season opener on the March 16th, mm. will be uh, will be hot right off the top. Thanks for having a chat with us, Sam Edmund, our Chief Sports Reporter for SEN. Have a good week, and we'll uh, try and catch up over the next couple of weeks too. And, boys, strictly a shower man I need to add as well. I mean, I can't be bathing in my own filth. So it's got to be a shower. No, that's important. It's important we know that stuff. I think we get to know our listeners. We get mm. to know our contributors too. And speaking of Carlton, just wrapping that up, Mark Robinson over in Victoria uh, had rated him the most important player in the AFL for 2023. Number one, Charlie Curnow. Mm, that's interesting, isn't it? Um, it's very interesting. I would have had a teammate ahead of him uh, in Patrick Cripps. I think he's a heart and soul player. Robert had him at number four. Mm. So can I quickly go through the the top ten for Please people do. who hadn't seen it? Uh, in 10th position from Sydney, Chad Warner. That's so a big, that's a that's a big, big one call. After one season. Patrick Dangerfield at number nine. Lockie Neal at eight. Dustin Martin at seven. So Dusty still makes the top ten. Jeremy Cameron, six. Clayton Oliver, five. Patrick Cripps, four. Marcus Bontempelli, three. Christian Petrarca, two. And Charlie Curnow at number one. Mm. Connor Rosie from Port Adelaide, the biggest South Australian at number 14. I would be, yeah, surprised Rosie's not ahead of Warner. Even... You know, this is a little bit biased, but Rory Laird on exposed form compared to Chad Warner as well probably could feel a little bit perplexed that he's not a little bit higher either. So anyway, uh, time will tell, won't it? I'm just going through a few of them. Rory Laird was the Crows' highest ranked player at number 41. 41. There was uh, no other Crow or Port Adelaide player in the top 50. 
So mm. good Victorian article there. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> Quarter past eight, we are here at SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA.